Amen, amen, amen. All right, so last week we started a series called The Power of Discipline. And I want to do a brief recap, but then we're going to talk about something that I feel like the Lord said talk about. Uh, and so you understand that discipline is extremely important in the life of a believer. Uh, a discipline is one who is a follower of God. Uh, Sorry about that. Y'all fix it. Uh, discipline is one as a follower of God. And so I encourage you to go back uh, to, to Ed Talk number two, I believe it is, where Pastor Evan talks about discipline. Uh, and then uh, you can go ahead and do number three as well and go ahead and do number one. So because they all great. But go back to number two. But what I want to spend my time is talking about. Uh, overcoming the Esau principle. Uh, uh, before that, I'll do a really quick recap. And so I'm going to recap it, and then I'm going to talk about what Esau did and how he, he forfeited his birthright and how that impacts us today and how we, a lot of us are similar to Esau and what God is telling us we got to do to see the things that he wants us to have in our life. So that's what we're going to do. So last week, said, Pastor Edwin said in his Ed Talk, basically is this. Discipline is a skill. You can master it if you're willing to put in the work. So nobody is necessarily has a uh, advantage over anyone else when it comes to discipline. It is something that you can develop. It is a skill. The same way you learn, after, learn the alphabet, the same way you learn uh, linear equations, the same way you learn the foreign language, you can learn all right. You can learn discipline and the act of self-discipline is an indication of the working of the Holy Spirit. So when I am exercising discipline, I am showing the fruit of the spirit according to Galatians 5 and 22. So when I am exercising discipline, I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work he was designed to do in my life. And so discipline, self-control is a byproduct of the spirit of God operating on the inside of you. And so if you lack discipline, it could also be synonymous to the fact that you're not allowing that fruit of the spirit to operate in your life. Because what we got to understand is in Philippians 2 and 13, and I do not, I did not put it in my notes, but Philippians 2 and 13 says this, it is God who works in you both to do his will and his good pleasure. So here's the thing. God said, I want you to live a disciplined life. And then he says, I'm not going to leave you out there by yourself. I'm going to then give you Holy Spirit who's going to work in you to do my will and to do my pleasure. That's what I love it out the Amplify. Let me read it for you out the Amplify. I'll paste it in the comments. Um, that way you have it. Uh, there we go. It says, for it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you. See, so you're like, man, it's so hard to be. I can't do all that. I can't be that disciplined. You don't have to, baby. You're allowing the Holy Spirit. But to will and to, to do to work that is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and what? The ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. So you don't got to be out there trying to do it in your flesh. You have the Holy Spirit, Philippians 2 and 13, working in you to give you the strength and the ability to accomplish the purpose that God has for us in our life. So yeah, Pastor Chris, we're well able. But you're not able when you when you rely on yourself. We all, all know what happens when you make flesh your arm, right? And so we talked about that. And so I'm not going to go to Hebrews 12 and 10, but I'll tell you what it says. It says this, when you, uh, when you operate in discipline, it is good for you. When you operate in discipline, it, it brings you into holiness. When you operate in discipline, it seems painful up front, but the end of it is going to be pleasant. pleasant. When you operate in discipline, it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness. Those are all the things that discipline does for you. So discipline is for your good. It may not feel good, but discipline is for your good. Discipline is for your advantage. Discipline in the temporary seems painful, but at the end thereof, you will reap a harvest. Discipline is your pathway to provision. There is no provision without discipline. 
You got to walk the pathway of discipline. Obedience is a result of discipline, consistent obedience. How do I consistently obey? I live a disciplined life. I set up a system, which we talked about last week, that allows me to focus on discipline so that I may walk, I may make incremental changes each day that will give me the ability to walk out the will of God for my life. And so that, and I gave you the example last week of overeating, like that's something that people do. So why do I overeat? I, I, I over, I eat a lot because I'm sad and eating makes me happy. Why do I need to be happy? Cause I feel overwhelmed. Why am I overwhelmed? Cause I got a lot of things to do. Why do I got a lot of things to do? Because I didn't take the time out to create a schedule. And so you're trying to lose weight, but you're trying to solve it at the out, the output, you're trying to solve it at the outcome, the losing of the weight. But the problem is you got a management issue. And when you don't take time out to deal with the input, I think Pastor Elvin talked about it in his Ed Talk, I was on the replay today, that you got to take time out to kind of feel, figure out why am I feeling this way? Where are these thoughts come, these self-limiting beliefs? So why am I really overeating? And you got to keep asking yourself why, and then because what, because what happens is when you don't deal with that, then you don't, you try to lose weight, you lose the weight only to find yourself back in the situation of being overweight because you never really dealt with the root of the issue. That's why relationships keep breaking and they keep blowing up because every time you get in a relationship, it blows up. And it's not that the men are bad or the women are bad. The issue is with you and not in a bad way, but you got hurt before. And so before you know it, every time a situation looks like the situation where you are injured, you begin to self-defend. You begin to put up walls. You begin to put uh, to seal off your emotions. You begin to go your own way, all because you never really got over the input of that situation is that you never got over the hurt from the other relationship. And so you're the ticking time bomb that keeps blowing things up because a situation looks like a previous time you got hurt and you refuse to get hurt again. Part of that is you don't trust God. Because if God told you to be in a relationship, if God told you to trust a pastor, if God told you to trust a woman of God, then you don't got to worry about that. But so many times we hide behind fear. So many times we hide, we try to take care of our own selves because we want to protect us. And I, that just says that we're our own Lord. We don't trust God. And part of being disciplined is saying that I will trust God more than I trust myself. Because that's what it means to be a disciple. A disciple is a follower of God. And so I trust God more than I trust myself. And so I gave you eight strategies to help you employ discipline last week. And those strategies were, are the, I didn't put them in my notes so I, didn't get, so I wouldn't get hung up. Uh, you can go back and let next week and li listen to them, to the last one. But number one, you got to remove temptation. So an easy way, all right, the easy way to, I operate in discipline as far as sin goes, remove temptation. If you eat too, too much ice cream, don't buy ice cream. If you find yourself at somebody's house at midnight, don't, don't answer the call. If give somebody else your keys. Like there's a lot of practical things that we could do to uh, <clears throat> not be tempted by things, right? Because the Bible says we're drawn away by the lust of your own heart. So if you know... Uh, if you're a woman or you're a man and you know that your type is tall, dark, and chocolate, well, when you at work and you got a coworker that's tall, dark, and chocolate, and they asking you out for lunch and y'all spending time together, then that may not be something you need to do because there's a principle. Oh, man, I went blank. There's a principle that simply states the more time you spend around a person, you create an attraction to them, whether you want to or not. And so you may not even intend it to create an attraction, but you got to know how to set boundaries. So removing temptations and setting boundaries is one way that we make incremental changes daily to exercise discipline. Number two was that you got to hit the pause button. Like, like if you just hit the pause button, it'll help you so many times. You want to stop work to get on TikTok. Wait 15 minutes. 
you want to go get, you got a craving for chocolate and you know you're fasting. Wait 10 to 15 minutes and then wait 10 to 15 minutes more. Research says within 15 to 30 minutes, the craving will leave you. But if you don't have a, the ability to hit the pause button, then you end up always fulfilling your flesh and not operating in discipline. All right. Number three was plan. You got a plan. Planning helps you stay out of survival mode. When you're in survival mode, it activates the desire for immediate gratification. So you know how you never eat, like you got up late and you plan to eat breakfast, but you didn't get to eat breakfast because you was running late and then you got to work and then something was busy. And before you know it, you know you was you're supposed to be eating right, but you were so hungry at that point that survival mode kicked in and you just ate whatever was in front of you. Why? Because when you don't plan to uh, exercise discipline, then you're going to end up looking for the thing to immediately gratify you. That's why a lot of people, we got a plan when it comes to, like, if you know that you can't be around alcohol, you need to plan. You don't need to be in survival mode. You need to, if you know money's your thing, you need to plan on how your money is spent. Some of it is you need to stop being prideful and let other people into your life that can help you. If I got a money issue, I'm going to call one of my brothers who are good with money and I'm going to say, hey, look, this is how much money I make down to the dollar. These are all my bills. I need help. But your pride doesn't want to let nobody help you because honestly, you don't want anybody in your business. And it's okay if you don't want anybody in your business, just decide to stay broke. But you can't want deliverance without allowing somebody to help you, even if that's Jesus, even that Holy Spirit. He's going to give you instructions on what to do. But you got a plan to stay out of survival mode. Number four, create a schedule. That's self-explanatory. Wake up, create a schedule, create a routine. Routines help you. Number five, embrace the mundane. All right. As Pastor Edwin says, plan spontaneity. All right. That's the one for me. I, that's always funny to me. Plan spontaneity. Then get comfortable being uncomfortable. That's a whole message in itself, but you will never be able to live a disciplined life. And I'm talking to myself. If you don't get comfortable being uncomfortable, there's nothing comfortable about being disciplined, right? Because every time discipline in itself is a cutting away of anything that prevents you from glory, prevents you from reflecting the full glory of God. And so there will be cutting away of your flesh, cutting away of your thoughts, cutting away of some of the things you desired in your own heart. Like Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean talks about how they want to live in Atlanta. That's something that through discipline, they cut that away. It was something they no longer um, had on the table because discipline forces decisions. And see, that's how, that's what discipline does. It forces decisions. Number seven was a reframe. And number eight was make excellent choices easy. All right. And so that was what we talked about last week. This week is going to be pretty quick. All right. I'll be honest with you. It's going to be pretty quick. God told me some specific things to talk about. We're going to talk about it and we're going to get out the way. All right. So I want to briefly touch, uh, and discuss the Esau principle and how it relates to where we are now and what we have been told in the prophecy. All right. And uh, if you don't know, the story of Esau is found, Jacob and Esau is found in Genesis 25. So in Genesis 25, you got uh, Rebecca, right? And she's pregnant with twins, Jacob and Esau. Um, and in, in, in her belly, they're fighting, right? They're, they're going at it. But come to find out in verse 24, the first one's born is Esau. Uh, and then after Esau's born, of course, it's, it's Jacob. It says, verse 26 says this, after this, his brother came out, his hand grasped for Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. Verse 27, the boys grew up and Esau became a skillful hunter. So Esau was a hunter, skillful hunter. And Isaac, I mean, sorry, Jacob was content to stay home among the tents. And, and when you looked that up, it said Jacob was a plain man. In other words, Jacob was, uh, according to that, he just stayed home and took care of that. He was a religious man. All right. So Isaac, uh, one day that Jacob, I mean, sorry, Esau came back from hunting. He was so hungry. All right. He was so hungry. 
and he came into his brother Jacob. He's like, Jacob, hey man, let me have some of that soup you got over there. And Jacob said, Oh, bro, you want some of this soup? This soup right here? I got you. But he was like, Before I give you this soup, I need you to sell me your birthright. And Esau was like, Oh, look, man, I'm about to die anyway. Uh, what good is the birthright to me? You know, sarcasm. He wasn't really going to die, but he was so hungry that he needed gratification in that moment. And it says, but Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. And Esau, so Esau despised his birthright. Now, Last week, I read this scripture to you in Hebrews 12, all right? And I will, I will read this one to you. It says, watch out for the Esau syndrome, trading away God's lifelong gift in order to satisfy a short-term appetite. Watch out for the Esau syndrome. The principle, the syndrome, the Esau syndrome is this. You're exchanging eternity. You're exchanging eternity. Watch out, trading away God's lifelong gift in order to satisfy a short-term appetite. Look at verse 17. It says, you will know how Esau later regretted that impulsive act and wanted God's blessing. But by then, it was too late. Tears or no tears. And all I'm here to tell you tonight is what I felt like the Lord said to me is that at this point, you're coming to a crossroads where you're going to have to choose whether you're going to stick with discipline, stick with obedience, trust God, or you're going to satisfy your short-term appetite. But the verse 17 part of that is going to be true for many people. You're going to come back later regretting your impulsive acts and want God's blessing, but by then, baby, it'll be too late. And so the Lord was just telling me, hey, Ralph, tell the folk, look, you don't got all day. You don't, every decision, every act of disobedience, yeah, I'm a forgiving God. Yeah, I'm a God of second chances. But there are going to be some opportunities. There are going to be some things that you don't get to come back and do. Look, put 17 back up there. It says, you will know how Esau later regretted that impulsive act and wanted God's blessing. But by then, it was too late. What do you say? Tears or no tears? Baby, you could cry all you want but it ain't going to change the situation. You can fast all you want, but it ain't going to, it's going to, Lord says that I need for you to prepare for opportunities. And you're like, well, hey, it doesn't look like anything bad is happening. You don't prepare in the midst of a war. You prepare before there's ever a war. You prepare before there's, you don't, you prepare in the off season. Every football team right now, they're preparing for the next season. Yeah, they may have a little break, but the preparation is now. The preparation for debt deliverance, the preparation for healing, the preparation for sound mind, the preparation uh, for uh, righteous kids, the preparation for good marriages. Good marriages not being built during bad times. You good marriages are built every single day. When things are really great, you're making them even better, gooder and gooder. Why? Because that's how you make it. But I want to caution us that we don't quit on God because discipline looks like pain in the, in the beginning. We, we, we don't quit on God because discipline looks like Hebrews 12. Discipline looks like pain. It says, for they discipline us for a short time. Verse 11, sorry. For the moment, all discipline. For a moment. For a moment, discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. It's just the enemy's way of trying to get you to quit. 
It's just your body, your soul way of not being 100% saved yet, trying to do what's most comfortable and easy for, easiest for itself. It is, your, it is your soul man. Go listen to Ed Talk number yesterday. It's your soul man. That, sent, that has it, the pain of changing, the pain of letting go of those self-limiting the beliefs, those, the pain of doing the work to overcome your thinking. If he can get you to get caught up in that pain and quit, you'll never enjoy the pleasure that your father has already purchased for you. You'll never be able to enjoy that. Because if it was easy, everybody would have. If, if living for Jesus was just super easy, we'll all look just like him. But it's not. But we're not out here without hope. He has given us Holy Spirit, Philippians 2 and 13, to work in us to, to do his will and his good pleasure. So if we do not exercise discipline, we will fall prey to the Esau syndrome. We will allow the desire to fulfill a short-term appetite to destroy our destiny. And some for some of us, it will be too late. Open gates and supernatural power has already been released. But you will press through the discomfort. But you must press through the discomfort and pain to possess what he has promised. You've got to push through through. When I was looking, I went through the prophecy and I wrote down every verb action that God has for us in the prophecy. I wrote down 16. I combined a couple. He says, hold on. He says, be prepared. He says, believe. He says, let. Let, let him walk with you. Remember? He says, will you let me partner with you? He says, don't forget. Don't be afraid. Remind yourself of my words. He says, don't walk in fear. He says, prepare, repent, and turn away. He says, allow me. He says, rejoice in it already. Already rejoice. I'm not waiting till I see it in the natural. I'm rejoicing now. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Tell God what you need and praise him for what he's already done. He says, don't forget. Don't fear or doubt. Live and rejoice and remain thankful. Verb is an action. Discipline is an action. It requires you doing some work. And so as we make those incremental changes, one of the things that Pastor Evan told us, if we want to walk out discipline, you got to take, how do you, it's the same way that you'll consume an elephant, one bite at a time. And so as you walk out being disciplined, it's not that you got to do everything at once, but you got to make the changes. You know what? Every day, first thing I do when I wake up, I'm going to read the scripture. I'm going to read a scripture. Every day I wake up, I'm going to read a scripture. And, and you start doing that because you ain't even spending a, a you ain't printing tons of hour a day. You ain't reading your word every day. You ain't taking communion more often. You, you're missing services. You know those four things that Pastor Edward asked us to do. And I'm not going to get, do, get into a lot of that tonight. But when the Lord, you understand discipline was meant to bring correction so that we may look more like God. That's the purpose of it, right? And so when God, chest, the Bible says he chastises those he loves. But here's what you got to understand. When you submit to a man or woman of God, you're submitting to them to be God's spoken voice for you in the earth. So when Pastor Edwin and Pastor Strick ask us to do something, now y'all ain't going to like that, but that's okay because I'll sleep well even if you don't like it. Here's the thing. They are God in the earth for you when you don't understand what to do. So when you hear the Bible talk about, because I just, I read a post this morning, like, you're not, you're not going to steal something about a pastor. I'm like, well, you pray about it. They're your men and women of God. So when they ask you to fast, that's a fast for everybody. They ain't your man and woman of God when they speak and you're going to be wealthy and whole. They steal your woman, man and woman of God when they tell you to go forgive your spouse. They steal your man and woman of God when they tell you to fast. They steal your man and woman of God when they tell you to do that. Why? Because God chastised those that he loved. But what I will encourage you to, what I'll tell you is this. God, all, all, well, for my life, God has always given me an opportunity to correct my own behavior before he started talking to somebody else about my behavior. 
If God is talking to somebody else about what you're doing, it's because you was disobedient. You didn't employ discipline. You wouldn't employ self-control. You didn't. You grieved the Holy Spirit because you didn't listen to him while you told him. You didn't change God on 92.3. You over here at 101.1. You ain't even on the same frequency. But you like, God, I want to be rescued, but you won't listen to the voice that's trying to rescue you because it doesn't look like the person you think it should look like. So you got to understand. But we don't want to be those people that fulfill our short-term gratification and then we come back regretting that decision, asking God, and God saying it's too late and your tears ain't moving God. We don't want to be those people, all right? So how did how did Esau get caught up? All right. One of the first things he did, he didn't hit the pause button. Esau knew he wasn't going to die. But how, have y'all ever been so hungry you felt like you was going to die? You know, you just, I mean, I mean, you just hungry, hungry. I mean, I, I've been that way. Like, if I know I'm going to fast, I better not eat breakfast. Because if I eat breakfast, and then I say I'm going to fast after breakfast. Man, it feel like it's a lion, a bear, and every other animal inside my body fighting. But if I just wake up and don't eat, I'm in a much better situation. But your flesh be crying out to you because your flesh wants what the flesh wants. Esau was a hunter. <laughs> he was dramatic, right? He's, he was a hunter. And you got to understand, back in the day, they used to go hunting for days at a time. So Esau was, number one, used to been hungry. Number two, had the ability to fix his own food. But what he wanted to do, he didn't want to put in the work to fix nothing. He wanted instant gratification. The other thing that got Esau messed up, he didn't have a plan to stay out of the survival mode. See, when you have a plan, that when you, when you have a plan, you don't put yourself in a situation where the survival instincts kicked in. Because when you have when you're in survival mode, you become real dumb and instinctive. Like it's just the basic instincts that are at work in your life. And so you make decisions based on gratification. And so that's why you got a plan. I hear Pastor Judd talking about all the time and women talking about men, men desire to have sex, women plan to have sex. So, so here's the thing. You got a plan to not have to survive. Put on your raggedy drawers and the worst bra you got and go on that date. Because you're planning, right? You're putting yourself in a position not to be vulnerable and not to have a desire for instant gratification. You got a plan. Like, like if you know you're going somewhere and where you're going is going to have a temptation, right? You got a plan. You got a plan. So I know that. I know. I, hey, it's funny. But, but y'all get the point. If, if y'all are planning to have sex, you need to plan not to have sex. Schedule the date when you're on your cycle if you know that you you out there like that. But you got to do some things to plan, right? I'm, I know it's practical and it's funny. My, my, my crew laughing. But I'm just being honest with you. So many times instant gratification comes into play because you didn't plan a way out. And so you just got there. And then when you got there, you didn't know what to do because you didn't have a plan. That's why you spend all that money at dealers on them semi-annual sales. You knew you didn't supposed to take your uh, card in there, but you did it anyway. So Esau didn't have a plan. He wasn't comfortable being uncomfortable. At that moment, Esau was more, he, didn't, he wasn't comfortable being uncomfortable. It's okay to be hungry. It's okay not to spend the money. It's okay to be quiet when your spouse talking to you uh, and you want to say something back. I'll say it again. It's okay to be quiet when your spouse is talking to you and you want to talk back. Just because you're uncomfortable doesn't mean you got to be gratified by seeking comfort. Comfort and discipline will not ever be in the same sentence because they don't work together. This dude, comfort and discipline, right? Comfort and discipline. They're, they're not sisters. They're not siblings. 
So you got to understand that you're going to be uncomfortable as we see God. You're going to be uncomfortable when he asks you to move away from your family, to tame your environment, or to move away from the friends, to tame your uh, team. You're going to be uncomfortable when he asks you to tame your thoughts and he asks you to stop listening to this type of music or stop watching this show. That's not comfortable, but it's needed so that you may inherit holiness. But is holiness really important to you? Do you really want to look like God or you just want eternal life? Are you scared of hell and that's why you're over here? Or do you really love when you want to change something? Because that matters. And so ultimately Esau lacked discipline. And if you are not careful, we will forfeit the promises of God simply because for the moment, the discipline seems too painful. Go ahead and type this. Say, I won't quit because of pain. I was engineered for this. I won't quit because of pain. I was engineered for this. I will not quit because of pain. I was engineered for this. I was engineered for this. And so the Esau syndrome is all about instant gratification. That's why you won't go back to school. You see going back to school is painful. And to instantly gratify yourself, you say, oh, it take too long. You'll say, oh, I don't got the money to do it. You'll say, oh, nobody in my uh, uh, family's been to school. So so you begin to justify yourself to gratify that feeling of not going back to school with a rationale on why it makes sense. Your soul will always give you rationale to keep you from fulfilling the things of God if you don't train it. Discipline is simply training. It's training. It says you must use your imagination to see past the present. I got to use my imagination to see past the present because that's what's going to hold me. Abraham, he saw himself as a father of many nations. Jesus saw the many sons that would come to him, and that's why he endured the cross, right? That's why Abraham and Sarah had the baby. They, they saw something before they saw it. And when you don't have anything that you see before you see it, then you're going to be willing to do anything. And that's why uh, that's why some people are virgins today, because they have seen themselves being a virgin until their wedding night. And that is so real to them that it constrains them and forces to sit things off their option table. Right. I was going to go to an event. Right. I really want to go to the event. At the event, they only had pork. And so the thing was, my decision not to eat pork changed other decisions in my life. I can't go to this event. Why? Because this event has pork. They don't have any substitutes. Therefore, my presence is not, it's not, it shouldn't be there. And so when you got a decision, when you make a decision about where you're going and you see yourself doing that, then it causes other options to be not options. It's kind of like a kid with an IEP and you got to modify the answer choices. See, when you make a decision, it modifies your answer choices. It cuts off anything that's not correct. And so, hey, I'm a good husband. So sleeping with other women is not an option. I'm a good husband. So going out and abusing my wife is not an option. I'm a good husband. So going out and having a separate bank account that my wife doesn't know about is not a good option. Those are I'm a good husband, so I can't be out here flirting with other, other women because those are decisions that as a disciplined man of God that are no longer answer choices. So decision cuts off all options that don't allow you to manifest what you see in your head. And that's why if we're true to ourselves, some of the stuff that we see in our lives is things that we've already seen in our head and we did not go through the thought process. We had the thought about the person. We had we we knew that we had the thought. You receive a thought. You analyze the thought, right? You you went through your head like, oh, this is the thought. This is why I'm having the thought. Blah blah blah. Then you decided you got to accept or reject the thought, right? At that point, you did not accept. You didn't reject the thought. The thought was to go to sleep with somebody that's not your wife. The thought was to go spend the money that God told you not to spend. The thought was to not to take the job. The thought was to apply for the job. But you like, oh, I don't have, I'm not good enough. 
or I don't have enough degrees, or I'm black, or I'm white, or I'm a woman, or I'm a man, or I'm short, or I'm tall, whatever self-limiting belief you had, you utilize that to justify your disobedience. And so don't be the person in Hebrews 12 and 11 that disobeys God because you, you appease that gratification to limit your greatness because God has called you to be great. You don't see yourself as great, but then there are going to be opportunities where you want to come back to God and he's going to say, regretfully, that has passed you by and your tears won't change his mind. So I got to make sure that I'm using my imagination. I got to make sure that I'm filling my, my thoughts with the right words. I got to make sure that once I receive a thought, I analyze it. I, I compare it to the word of God. I compare it to the kingdom. I, if it doesn't line up with the kingdom, I reject it. Once I reject it, I got to replace that information with something new. Or I get a word. It lines up with the word of God. I analyze it. I can see it lines up with the Bible. I accept that word. And then that's the word I replace over and over and over and over until it becomes a thing that I live out, right? And so we got to understand that the will of God is established by faith. And so I'm going to read over the God and word, and then we're going to get out of here because this is the establishment of your faith for this year and the years to come. Because once he gave us the word, we can stand on that word. And the one that I, I'll tell you now is don't rush and don't be in a panic. That ain't, that ain't this one, but don't rush and don't be in a panic. So here's a godly word for this year. In case y'all ain't ready, you should be reading it every day. All right, here's the first action. Hold on to what you've heard this past year. So he's saying, look, check it out. Go back to 2022, read that stuff. Hold on what you've heard and be prepared for what is to come. I have already opened up gates and released supernatural power for you. Action, believe my words and watch with great ease shall come over you as you trust in me and let me walk with you. So believe my words. He says, hold on. I've already opened gates for you. Hold on. I've already released supernatural power for you. Believe my words. Watch as great ease shall come over you as you trust in me and do what? Let me walk with you. See, he's a perfect gentleman. He ain't going to force his way into your life. He says, hey, hey, Coach V, Coach Vaughn, will you let me walk with you, son? I know, I see the situation you got. I have your solution in hand. Will you let me walk with you? And as he walks with you and you're walking, he may say, I know that was the route you was planning to take, but I need you to take a left at this detour right here. And you're like, well, God didn't go that way, but he has already opened doors for gates for you. He has already released supernatural power. He says, will you trust me? It says, next, it says, when we partner together, all of those things that have held you in bondage will be destroyed. When we partner together, all those things that have held you in bondage. So you, so, so a lack of degree can't hold you. A lack of money can't hold you. Sickness can't hold you. Other people can't hold you. Everything that has tried to hold you in bondage will be destroyed. Your own mindset cannot hold you. Supernatural happenings have already been assigned to you. Say already. Y'all need that just to be already been assigned. Already been assigned. Supernatural blessings have already been assigned. So don't forget. Here it is. What did I tell you? The fourth part of the thought process is replay. Don't forget that my plans for you have always been good. Don't forget I've, I've desired to cause restoration to manifest in every area of your life. Don't forget. Ralph, don't forget. Don't, don't let the pain of reading that word cause you to forget what I got for you in the future. Don't let fasting cause you to forget what I got for you in the future. Don't let forgiveness cause you to forget well, I don't like them, God. It doesn't matter. The Lord asked you to forgive them. Don't let the pain of forgiving somebody that hurts you cause you not to inherit. Husbands, don't forget, we got to honor our wives so our prayers will be heard. So you can't be out there living any kind of way, doing any type of thing, and expecting God to answer your prayers. And, and understand that as my wife, it says they may be the weaker vessel, but treat them as equals. So he ain't saying your wife is weaker. 
He ain't saying none of that. Your wife is your equal, and you need to treat her like that. So don't be out there. I'm not sure where that one came from. Don't be out there living like that and treating your spouse in any kind of way and wondering why things ain't happening from your life. You got to honor your woman. You got to honor your spouse, your wife. She ain't your servant. She ain't your maid. I mean, she's more than that. And you got to honor her wishes. You got to honor what she endeavors to do in life. That's part of what honor looks like. It ain't about what your plans are as a man of the house. Uh, it ain't about what your goals are. It's about what she desires to do as well. All right. So the second paragraph, do not be afraid of the announcements that will come within the next six months. Woo, man, Pastor Edwin prepared us for this one. Y'all should just say, thank God right now for a man of God that hears, hears from the Lord. Because if you was reminding yourself of this, you won't be panicked by what's going on in the banking system right now. If you're reminding yourself of this, you won't be panicked about what the laws and stuff that have been, been changed in Arkansas at the moment, right? So do not be afraid. If he's telling us not to be afraid, naturally there's going to be reasons to be afraid. There are going to be things in the natural that may appear that, that, that may cause injury, that may cause fear, that may cause torment, that may cause uh, you to want to sink away and hide, that may cause you to want to stagger at the premises of God, right? But he says, do not be afraid of the announcements that will come within the next six months. Remind yourself that you're in my hands. Whose job is that? That's my job. That's action. That's discipline. It's my job to remind. He says, and I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. That's what he says. Kim, I'll take care of you. Sandra, I got you. Shavandra, you're already in my head. Girl, I opened that door away. Before you were born, Shavandra, I had that door open for you. Will you walk through it this year? But Tanya, you don't even know the, the supernatural places that I have for you to go. Will you trust me? Will you let me walk with you so I could just get you to the place I want you to be? Gooder and gooder, bigger and bigger, more and more. Going to bed one way, waking up another. But it will require us overcoming the syndrome of instant gratification. So the other verbs in there, don't walk in fear. Prepare yourself. Allow my word. Rejoice. If you will, not forget that it is my love and it is my grace that will cause these things to be so. That's what he has promised us. And so we understand that the faith begins where the will of God is known. This prophecy is the will of God for our lives for this year. That's the will of God. Of course, reading your word and doing those things. But that's what the Lord wanted me to tell you tonight. Guys, listen. We will not fall prey to the Esau syndrome. We will not allow our flesh to cause us to quit on God. We will not allow our soul to cause us to come out of alignment. We will agree with God. We will align with God and we will advance to the place that he desires for us to live. Why? Because we will live disciplined life. We will make incremental change. And I keep saying incremental because I don't want you to be overwhelmed. I don't want you to think it's going to change all overnight. You're going to make small changes. You, I mean, when you're going to make small changes that cause your small thought changes, that cause small action changes, that cause small habits to change. And before you realize that your character will change and your destiny will change, all because you started with a thought. All because you, you you trusted Pastor Edwin and God enough to believe that this prophecy was true. That I don't got to fear of doubt. And I don't got to be afraid of the announcements. That I don't got to do that. You didn't pull an Esau and say, uh-uh, I see them banks closing. So you run and grab all your money. Or you you pull an Esau. Because that's how we pull Esau's today. God say, leave your money in the stock. Uh-uh, everybody's saying pull their money out of the stock. So you pull it out and then the stock uh, have a 100% uh, uh, increase, right? You like, uh-uh, God, this ain't the time to sell a house. You pull an Esau and you don't sell the house when God told you to pull it. Why? Because you're gratifying your flesh because that is what you're choosing to trust more than God. Your flesh is your Lord. And for that day, Esau, his flesh was his Lord. And he made that one decision that changed his destiny.
And you got to understand, it could be one decision that changes your whole outcome. You could live long enough to see somebody do the very thing that God asked you to do. And now they're a millionaire before. Now they're living a life of liberty and freedom for. Don't let that one decision be the one that regret that you regret having heard God. Don't let it be the one. And so that's the word. And so what are you going to do to help you do that? Go back to the four things Pastor Evan talked to us about years ago. Tame your heart, tame your tongue, tame your team, and tame your thoughts. When you do all of that, it'll help you not succumb to the Esau syndrome where you're constantly trying to gratify your flesh. All right? Because that's not what we do as believers. All right? So that's the word for the night. All right? That is the word for the night. Spend time this week in the prophecy. Every day I challenge you to read it. Put it, even if you just read the same paragraph every day, read the prophecy. Get it down into you that it bubbles up out of you even when you're just sitting and thinking. It's the, Because you'll know the thoughts that's done it to you because th those are the thoughts when you think and doing nothing, those are the ones that's coming to your mind. Read the prophecy so much that you see yourself living it out. And when you see yourself doing it, you'll see yourself doing it. Amen. All right, let's go through these announcements. Let's get out of here for tonight. So the FOC, we have... 100% givers, all right? We're going to go ahead and sow into the word. We got 100% givers, all right? And, and we give because we trust God. We give because we love God. We give because it is how we bless people all around the world. And so if you're in the if you're in the United States, you can give via Giveify, Push, Pay, Tidly, or Text to Give, all right? If you are one of our international partners, Please utilize PayPal at focchurchnwh at gmail.com. Once again, PayPal is strictly for our international partners. We ask all of our uh, partners in the U.S. to give a give a five, push pay, toddler, text to give. And we thank you for your giving. Uh, like Pastor Evan said, uh, we were able to help another ministry get started. Uh, and so as we sow those seeds, that's awesome. And I didn't know about that. And then I was actually talking to somebody else and they were telling me the testimony about it happening. And then it was just really cool. And so to see that come full circle, when we were at one point, I remember we moved to Conway, the ministry, we moved into a building and that ministry sowed into us. And now we're getting to do the same thing in a much bigger format for somebody else. Why? Because you'll see to keep growing. If, you'll see to keep growing if you keep sowing. That harvest will get bigger and bigger and bigger. And before you realize it, the very thing that you was like, whoo, it was your stretch seed is now your everyday seed. Oh, I'll take that, Lord. What once was my what, what was my stretch seed, that was going to become my everyday seed. Why? Because I understand that as I give more, the system of God will not allow me to be give more to him than he give back to me because he's a good God. And so I challenge you in, the, in your giving to always honor God in your giving and don't let gratification of your flesh cause you to take your tithe and go eat it, to take your tithe and go on a vacation, to take your tithe and pay a car payment. Those are all things, and, and me and April, honestly, we, we, when we buy stuff, we buy stuff and like, okay, God, when we had kids, literally, this is a testimony. Every kid that we had, I said, God, I'm having this kid. You know the requirements of this kid. I do not want to decrease my giving because of a kid. I don't want to decrease my lifestyle because of a kid. And surely every time we had a kid, we had an increase on one of our jobs or something happened. We didn't decrease our time. Well, our tithing decreased because our money didn't decrease. Our offering didn't decrease and our savings didn't decrease. Because when I told God I didn't want any decreases, I had a certain amount I was sending the savings and that wasn't changing because I had no baby. And every time God honored me, even when we adopted Major, it was crazy. And I was like, okay, he ain't biological, but God honored me because he knew my heart concerning those things. Because I am going to give to God and he's going to take care of you. All right. So the next thing, meet us Friday morning at 630 a.m. All right. For Champion Circles Prayer. Friday morning, 630 a.m. for Champion Circle Prayer. All right. And then Sunday, we'll be back here at 9 a.m. 
Well, not not here. So, oh, Pastor Chris, praise worship on Sunday. So there will be no Christian Valley worship this Sunday. All right, it's there will be no Christian Valley worship this Sunday, but we will have nine thirty Sunday celebration. All right. Uh, so there'll be no uh, prayer this Sunday. I mean, gosh, I'm laughing now. No worship this Sunday at nine, but we will have Sunday celebration. All right. And then I'm not sure about what about no month. No, uh, there will be no uh, next Monday. There will be no strategies for success next Tuesday. There will be there will be Ed talk next Tuesday. And then we will have, uh, next Tuesday, we have Ed Talk. Then next Wednesday, we'll have uh, prayer. We'll have Bible study. And the reason I'm saying that next week is spring break. And so we, if you're out, that's one of those times. Go be with your family. Enjoy time with your family, right? You can always come back and watch replays and things like that. But enjoy time with your family. Pastor Chris is going to be on vacation. I hope that she has the best best vacation she's ever had in her entire life. And that's okay to get away. But even when we're away, we still live like, live like something. Why? Because we're always a representative of God. All right? So those are the announcements. Uh, don't forget about Easter Sunday, April 9th. All right, Easter Sunday, be there for that. And then um, if you are not a partner, FOC, if you're not a partner, I encourage you to become a partner. Go to focchurch.com for more information. Partnership, definitely have its privileges. We have the best prayer team around the world. All right, they're constantly praying for us, interceding for us. They're led by our awesome doctor, pastor, minister, Chandra. Uh, and, and they do an excellent job covering us. And so I'll encourage each of you to pray for the members of our prayer team. They're constantly praying for us. Let us make sure that we're praying for them, but become a partner so that you may be able to reap the benefits of connecting to us. All right. Uh, and then if you don't know Lord Jesus, your Lord and your savior, come home. If you feel like you need to repent or uh, re-dedicate uh, your life, come home. Just ask God to come into your life and to fill your life and to fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you can live the glorified life that he has called you to live. Just come home. And if you need a place to call home, hey, we're the best church this side of the world. And so I encourage you to become a partner. Reach out to one of us. Let us know if you prayed the prayer of salvation or if you need some, if you need prayer, reach out to somebody on our prayer team, one of the pastors, the ministers, or somebody at our ministry. We love you so much, and we thank you for choosing FOC as your home. Be blessed and have a great night.